Blog Talk Radio. Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Our subject today is harmlessness. And we like that topic because we feel that harmlessness is a great strength and that uh, the greater degree of harmlessness that's within us, the stronger we are as human beings. And I think also we live in a society that perhaps uh, subconsciously sometimes, and maybe even consciously, views harmlessness as a, as a weakness, and that's, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. I like this thought from a book called Kinship with All Life. If you would learn the secret of right relations, look only for the good, that is, the divine in people and things, and leave all the rest to God. And I suppose that particular approach to life is what Jesus Christ used, Buddha, and people who are per perhaps even more contemporary, like Krishnamurti, to when we look at people, to attempt to see a spark of divinity in, uh, in them, uh, look the for the divine with each, within each person. And if we do that, we'll be giving them the highest respect. And if we do that with people, we're really enhancing our world, and we're looking at humanity with the degree of respect and dignity that God intends us to look at people with. Isn't harmless, harmlessness, isn't it just a passive attitude? No, uh, but certainly, as you say, we live in a society that seems to undervalue it. And I don't really know why. I think everybody notices that, in particularly in recent uh, times, maybe the last few decades, there's an increasing kind of aggressiveness and um, uh, combativeness between people, uh, uh, looking out for number one, meaning for the individual. Uh, I don't know what all that portends, but harmlessness is definitely not a passive attitude. It's a constructive, creative attitude. The trouble is it's a word that contains within it a negative uh, lessness. So it it uh, sort of sets its own problem up by sounding so innocuous and so um, vacant. But in fact, for those who are treading the spiritual path, harmlessness is a kind of a speed trap because one finds that uh, as you become more aware of the the spiritual realm, the spiritual laws that uh, uh, an aspirant must follow, you become more and more aware of uh, its opposite, which is harmfulness. And uh, all that works against the, the good and the true and the beautiful becomes more and more apparent to one. So it definitely is uh, something that people on the spiritual path have to wrestle with, and it's exceedingly subtle. Obviously, 
I think all decent people know that they shouldn't do violence to any living thing. That's Anybody with any decency knows that. But there are other levels of uh, harm and of even violence that can occur in the emotions and in the thoughts. And when you start trying to examine the quality and the content of what you feel and what you think, that's what I mean about it being a kind of a speed trap. You really find yourself being caught, brought up short by how much uh, harmfulness can color your thinking and your attitudes and your motives. Uh, So it's extremely subtle. Yes, it can be. um, You have to watch your speech. You realize very often, uh, uh, kind of hits you in the face quite often if you're aware about this thing called harmlessness, how how harmful your speech can be sometimes by... uh, uh, by by what the, the cause by what it causes what you say can cause some pretty bad reactions. It's enough to strike you dumb. That's right, and uh, that that's one of the areas where uh, one learns to be cautious about the reticence of speech and the ability to refrain from impulsive action, and uh, uh, you begin to demonstrate a, a non-criticalness in your speech uh, when you become harmless and when you really think about being harmless and that, that's a major step really because then you're beginning to um, you're beginning to take the position of the other person that you may harm if you consider him or her then you realize you are taking on that other person you, you are looking into that other person's heart and seeing how he or she may react Isn't it said that um, the last uh, aspect of one's nature to be controlled is the tongue? Uh, Certainly, gaining control of speech is um, something that uh, a lot of us still strive towards. It's still a goal and not a present attainment. But um, we have to keep trying. Yeah, and and it's it's a kind of a manifestation of the uh, the awakened mind becomes more alert and more keen and more. Uh, more critical, yes, and mm-hmm. it, that's that's a good thing, but it ha- also has its drawbacks. And uh, this, the critical mind is uh, is one of the drawbacks and one of the things mm-hmm. to look out for. It's something that a lot of very intelligent, very accomplished people still have to struggle with because their minds are so razor sharp, and their thinking processes are so fast. They can be very impatient and very judgmental with themselves and with others. And, of course, um, harmlessness should apply not only to others but to oneself. We have to learn to be forgiving and harmless in our evaluation of ourself and our present weaknesses. And for some of us, that's the hardest of all. I can't help but uh, think of of something you said, Sarah, in another show that relates to correct speech, and it constantly comes back to haunt me. Well, I think haunt is a negative word. It comes back. (laughs) I use it as a frame of reference, and uh, I think think it's worth mentioning it again because our speech can be very harmful, and that's that formula for our own speech where one says to oneself before we just let words fly out of our mouth, uh, is it true, is it necessary, and is it kind? Mm. And that if we use that, those three steps in reviewing everything that comes out of our mouth, I think that 
We'll be on the road to harmlessness because I think both of you are right, correct? Uh, our speech has a lot to do with being harmless individuals, and we can cause a lot of harm with our speech if we're not more selective about what we choose to say. Is harmlessness just refraining from wrong actions, or is it something more? It's uh, much more than that. Certainly wrong actions have to be checked, but it's the the ability to nip in the bud wrong emotional reactions and wrong thinking patterns. So it really requires that the person be um, on the lookout, uh, vigilant, ever vigilant for the um, ambitious, uh, critical, uh, judgmental, selfish aspects of the lower nature that might come to the surface and want to take over. I think it's said somewhere in the writings of Alice Bailey that the attainment of harmlessness, if one were to work at it diligently, would require at least three years to build in a new pattern of reaction and relating. There's there's a wonderful story of the attainment of harmlessness that has to do with the balance between action and motive that is given to us in the great Hindu text of the Bhagavad Gita. And that is the story of the struggle of Arjuna, who is the the representative or the prototype of the spiritual aspirant. And uh, there's a great battle that takes place. This is a story from ancient India. I think the Bhagavad Gita comes from the, the Hindu epic, the Mahabharata. Anyway, there was a great battle in ancient times that is told in this story. And Arjuna finally just threw up his hands He didn't know where to put his forces or what to fight for, who to fight with and who to fight against. He saw war on every side, and he knew and loved people on both sides of the conflict, and he didn't know what to do, what stand to take. So I think all of us who strive toward harmlessness can imagine the point he reached where he just wanted to sit on the fence and do nothing. But that's not the answer either. Um... Harmlessness is the refraining from wrong action in the sense that the word karma, that I think a lot of our listeners might be familiar with, is a word for action. Every action produces an effect, either a good effect or a bad effect. But any time you act, you create um, uh, an effect that eventually has to come into play. So uh, you're automatically setting something into action, Arjuna could not just sit on the fence. He was told by Krishna in the story that he had to choose. He had to make a selection. He had to use judgment and choose where he stood. And it was only when he gave all of his resources over to the soul that he was able to choose. And I suppose that's the answer to uh, the right expression of harmlessness. It has to do with action, but the action of the soul. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, I think even down today, we're still facing those same kind of battles that uh, Arjuna had to uh, face with himself. And uh, because sometimes I think it's necessary to take drastic action. Uh, You can be harmless and still act very forcefully. Um, Sometimes, for example... uh, you might want to, to take action against someone so they won't harm themselves and save another person from self-destruction, or, you know, like suicide, or perhaps he's 
uh, one of your children are getting into drugs and you want to take some strong action against your child. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a tough love kind of thing, but uh, that that's really harmless because you're you, you're trying to direct this child on the right path in life, and everybody knows that uh, following the path of drugs is certainly not the uh, not the right path to go down. And so you might be saving him from himself, in other words, and that's really a harmless act. Even though you might have to act forcefully, uh, it's still harmless. Maybe you could say that an action like that comes from a, a sense of identification with the one that you seek to help. You're not pitting yourself against the person, you're really feeling at one with that person. And because of that love, you can take action. There's a, a statement from the, the Bhagavad Gita that talks about this in Arjuna's struggle. It says that when he was able to see that all forms constitute the one form, the battle was over. The soul was in complete control and no sense of separativeness was ever again possible. So then you can take action when you're not being separative and pitting yourself against another. Is that what you mean? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, in the case of a parent and the child, uh, the parent would be, uh, I suppose, like like to take the position of the soul mm-hmm. and uh, has only the, the good. It, it comes down to motive, too, mm-hmm. the intent. And if you really want to hurt your child, then that's one that's something else. But if your intent is goodwill, and if your intent is to bring this child, to set this child on the right course in life, then uh, whatever you do is going to be pretty harmless. And Sarah, you mentioned Alice Bailey before. And of course, Alice, for those people who don't know, Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust, and she's written 24 volumes of books, and you're certainly welcome to purchase them, either individually or if you want a 10% discount, you can order them uh, through Lucis Trust at 1-866-NY-LUCIS, think of New York Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, or 1-866-6958247. Once again, it's 1-866-9582. Four, seven, and you can also order uh, cassette tapes. You can order a, uh, a, cassette, a cassette tape of this uh, show that you're currently hearing of our radio shows, and uh, we've done several radio shows. You might be interested in exploring the titles of many of them. You can call us up also for a free package of general information, and we also will give you a copy of The Great Invocation, which you'll hear at the end of our show. And also remember that the work of Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations, so we certainly appreciate your support. We're happy to have you out there as, uh, as listeners, but we certainly have some practical needs that we must take care of. Once again, it's one eight triple six nine five eight two four seven, or if you want the mnemonic device, it's one eight six six ny lucis and our topic today is harmlessness, and we can find um, the theme of harmlessness uh, running through all of uh, Alice Bailey's books. But if you'd like to read one of our books called Ponder on This, I think you'll find it a fascinating book, as all of our Alice Bailey books are uh, that are uh, part of Lucy's Trust. And I think you'll find yourself challenged. It's not easy reading, but it's challenging. 
and I think that you'll uh, really perhaps be changed a lot as far as examining life, reality, the self, how to cope with adversity, uh, love, all the important topics in life. And I think it will cause you to be introspective, questioning, and I think ultimately you'll be a more complete and fulfilled individual. And can you give us some examples of positive, dynamic harmlessness? Well, I think one um, example or one um, uh, technique that comes to mind would be the uh, emptying of one's consciousness of any preconceived notions regarding another person, any uh, expectations or suspicions or um, um, prejudices that might be quite uh, subtle and uh, at work in the back of the mind and not very obvious uh, uh, if one doesn't really probe for them. But coming into an area or a relationship that might have some conflict with a completely open mind that is truly uh, colored with goodwill, in other words, with a positive expectancy and with a sense of the uh, spiritual worth and the dignity of another human being, then you are putting yourself into a position of creative, dynamic um, action. You're charging a situation or a relationship with harmlessness. You're not just taking a passive, empty, uh, uncontrolling, uh, reactionary stance. You're bringing the qualities of goodwill, uh, hopeful expectancy, trust to the the situation or the relationship. And I think, to me, that's an example. Maybe Dale has I don't, something else in mind. Well, I just wanted to uh, remind people that Alice Bailey made the statement that harmlessness is really a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not always just an action, but it's an action based on a, a poised state of mind and a state of mind that looks into the heart of the other person before they speak or before action is taken. So it, it's really a um, um, comes about with mental development, and that's very important in understanding the basis of harmlessness, I think. There's a statement from the writings of Alice Bailey that really makes you think. Uh, I came across it when I was thinking about the theme for this program. She wrote that only that can be contacted which is already present in the perceiver's consciousness, at least in part, it has to be present in the perceiver's consciousness to be able to contact it. And she said, if ill will and hatred are met with by the perceiver, it's because in him the seeds of ill will and hatred are present. When they are absent, nothing but unity and harmony exists. And that brings to mind uh, the those rare souls that are able to render even wild beasts impotent in their presence. I think we've heard of them, people who can be um, confronted with a bear or a tiger and uh, the animal is um, just completely calm and walks away. That seems to bear out the statement of Alice Bailey that if we run into ill will and uh, wrong action and enmity, it's because something is present within ourselves that invites that. Well, if there is war and evil in the world, it's it has to do with the human condition, too, that there is war and evil within humanity. We're all 
a part of it. Yeah. We've all had a hand in it. I remember a psychologist saying some years ago at a meeting I attended something that really struck me. She said, don't assume your own goodness. So many of us do. We assume that we're nice people. We assume that we're good and decent people. Certainly many of us strive to be that, but don't just take it for granted. Take a look at what's really going on in your thoughts and your emotional attitudes. If you want to understand why the world's in the shape that it is, we all had a hand in creating it. And I remember an article in Psychology Today that was very interesting, too. When we view our thoughts as being harmless, we're not really correct about that because they do hurt. Our thoughts do hurt. I think you're absolutely right. We have to, If we're going to value harmlessness, if we're going to take the first step and say, I want to be a harmless person, I want to tr contribute to a better world in that particular way, then we have to acknowledge that our thoughts can cause harm, uh, too. I mean... In psychology today, there was a very interesting article several years ago about how uh, I think what they did was they were speaking about a particular research project where they interviewed prisoners and uh, how they ended up in that particular situation. And in most of the cases, most of the prisoners said, well, the crime was first committed in my mind, and I entertained the thought. And then as I got into the thought more and more, it became more of a viable possibility. And so, and it was in so many cases with the prisoners, so that to me underscores the idea that our thoughts can cause harm, and we really have to be careful about what we think. And, and what we subject you know, ourselves to in terms of media, what ideas we listen to, uh, what, what we allow to influence our thinking, doesn't that seem to imply, especially with impressionable minds like children, letting them be exposed to violence and uh, ill will and hatred? Yeah, it just proves the old esoteric and old spiritual adage that uh, energy follows and mm -hmm. conforms itself to thought. Mm. Well, what and do we do about our thoughts, though? Mm -hmm. Monitor them mm. to begin with. Try to be, try to reserve some part of your nature that kind of stands aside and observes the quality of your thinking. Uh, you can do this with practice so that you don't get completely caught up in your thoughts mm -hmm. and emotions. There can be a part of you that stands back and says, in effect, what in heaven's name am I doing with this thought? Or where did that come from when you have a, a sensation or a reaction run through you? You can become aware of it. That's a start. Yeah, you have to become pretty self-aware. And once you begin to become self-aware, and that doesn't mean selfish, that means aware of the self, aware of this inner self that is uh, actually uh, the one that has the power to control what one thinks and what one does, then uh, that's a start. It has mm -hmm. to start there in the mind. And a lot of the problem comes through the mind, and uh, but it's in the mind that um, the solution lies also, just like as the wars begin in the minds of men, it's in the minds of men that you build the defenses of peace. So uh, it, it, it all starts there in the mind. It takes a kind of a ruthless self-honesty to be able to start uh, monitoring these processes. And for a while it can be kind of depressing. Yeah. And it's humbling. You mentioned energy follows thought in relation to the prisoners and their thoughts and how their thoughts was the, were the first step in getting them into the deep trouble that many of them got into. What did you mean by that, Dale? It's just that our... Well, it gets back to what I said just earlier about in the mind. Once 
thoughts are things. They're not just fleeting things that pass through, you know, through your your mind and are gone, but they they stay there. And the more you think about them, the more you, energy you're building up, the more you're building up the thought form of uh, causing harm, perhaps, to somebody, if it's, if it's in the case of this criminal activity. Um, and that keeps building and building and building. And you, the more you think about it, the more you energize this thought. And pretty soon that uh, leads to action. I think a lot of people probably think that if they're just thinking something or if they're just feeling something but they don't act on it, that it doesn't matter. And that's not true. Uh, Whatever you are thinking or feeling eventually works itself out in a um, physical way, either through illness and ill health or through uh, troubled relationships or whatever. But a pattern kept up like like you say, long enough has to work itself out in an in an outer demonstration. I don't mean to scare people, but we do need to start uh, being aware of what we're indulging ourselves in inside our heads. Did Jesus Christ, uh, did he have a comment about thoughts? Um, I think we were speaking about that in the office one day, and you came up with a quote from Scripture, and uh, but uh, it was about uh, the value of thoughts, and in essence what it was about, I think, was uh, how... Our thoughts can really cause us to, uh, what was it, if we do so much as to think badly against a neighbor, we have committed a sin. Yes. And that's in essence what it is. I wish I remembered the exact Oh, thought. that reminds me yeah. of that famous um, story, that poor uh, Jimmy Carter who gave his interview to, I don't know, was it Playboy or Esquire when he was running for president, and he admitted that he had lusted after women in his heart. Well, everybody made fun of him, but really what he was saying was uh, that he recognized the power of uh, an emotional reaction that he felt was wrong. And in a sense, we all do have to start monitoring ourselves that way, just Mm -hmm. as he did. Does harmlessness mean that you can never say what you really think or believe? No, it uh, means that you do, in fact, have to be honest and speak truthfully and make your beliefs clear, but that it has to be done with a spirit of goodwill and non-separativeness. It's all about the plane from which you speak. In other words, if you can speak from a point of unity with another person, you can speak truthfully. And that's what the goal is, to not deceive or hide to speak openly and honestly, but out of a sense of unity. And are there any rules or techniques for developing harmlessness? Uh, I think we all, I think as we think about it, we'd all like to be on that path. Well, there are rules, but um, there are some very ancient rules that are mentioned in Alice Bailey's books that about enter thy brother's heart and see his woe and then speak. In other words, look into the person's heart and try to understand where that person is coming from. And then you, you, you begin to empathize with him, and perhaps you wouldn't uh, speak so critically. Yeah. Also, I, I, I love it. I mean, we always uh, think that we know everything in our generation, but there's an ancient uh, Hindu thought, and uh, I guess it's in the form of a prayer, may all creatures be free of pain and disease, and May all creatures be given the right circumstances to grow and evolve. May they all feel happiness and joy in every aspect of their lives. So the ancients really had a lot of knowledge that sometimes we don't give them credit for. And in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. 
Goodwill is love in action. It's the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There's a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. AC is blowing hot air. Let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, oh.